0: Welcome to First Baptist Wiley. We're excited to bring you these weekly messages. Find out more about us or give online at fbw.church. Hey, faith family and friends, this is Pastor Chris. I'm excited to share with you another installment in our series, At the Movies. In this uh, service, we're going to be going through Matthew 25. So if you go ahead and take in your Bibles to go to Matthew 25, that'd be great. But as you do that, let me just remind you of something. August the 14th and 15th. Here at our campus in Wiley, we would love to see all of you here as we have the opportunity to be a part of I Love My Church Weekend. I Love My Church Weekend is the beginning of our church year. It's where our kids promote in the age group ministries. We've got new groups are going to be starting. We have something for you and your entire family. So if you're in the DFW Metroplex, love for you to be with us on, on August the 14th and 15th. So uh, this week... We're going to be talking about service. And we're also going to be talking about the movie Cars. Uh, I love the movie Cars. In fact, I probably love the movie Cars because Owen Wilson is uh, the voice there of Lightning McQueen. He's a good Dallas boy. And uh, so how can he not like Owen Wilson? But, yeah, my kids were little. I watched Cars. And I think I watched it because I had to. But then I watched it as I was preparing for this message. And, well, I also still had to. But I will say this. I started wanting to. This is just a great movie. And if you remember at all the the story of Lightning McQueen, you may remember he was a a rookie hot rod racer and uh, he was doing really well and he and two other competitors are going to compete for the Piston Cup and a chance to really go on to prominence and win a big contract and do all these great things. And Lightning McQueen, there's this one scene that is so incredible in the early parts of this movie. He's in this race and he and the other two competitors, they tie and they go, he goes back to pit row, and he's very self-centered. He's very arrogant. He, he's telling his pit crew to get out of the way so that people can see him more clearly and take photos of him. And he makes this statement. He says, "I'm a one-man show. I'm a one-man show." You know, it's interesting because we are we are taught autonomy our entire lives from the time we're born. Uh, even to the time, literally, we take our last breath. We want to be autonomous. Many of us just really want to be a one-man show. But the reality is this. No one is a one-man show. Lightman McQueen needed a pit crew to help put fuel in his car and to change his tires and, and to help him on his journey. And in the same way, don't you realize that God has made you, He has made me, that we would live in community, that we would serve uh, for two reasons. One, for the glory of God, and secondly, for the good of all people. You know, when you're a part of a family, like if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a part of this family called the church. And being a part of a family means that you have chores. Now, I know chores are not very popular, but when I was growing up, I was assigned some chores. When I was a little guy uh, in my home, I remember like I was put in charge of taking out the trash. That was the one job as a little guy I could do. And so I'd have to go around the house, the bathrooms, the kitchen, get the trash, collect it, take it out, and put it in the trash can. And then I remember as well, as I got a little bit older, I got promoted to head custodian. And so what that meant was I learned how to clean bathrooms. And so I'm very familiar with toilet brush and Comet, and cleaning the toilet. And then I learned how to use Windex and how to wipe down the mirrors so they didn't streak. But then when I got even older, I got promoted to the head uh, landscaper, and so I began to be the guy who got to mow the yard and edge and weed eat and all those kind of things. And the thing about it is this. As you grow up in a family, you have chores, and those chores usually grow. It's just part of being in a family. And yet I would tell you that one of the most realized resources in the kingdom of God are the abilities and the talents are found, and that God has placed into the life of believers. So I have one point I want to drive home, and i got three takeaways under that point. Here's the, the, the point. Do your job. Do your job. If you're in the family, you should do your job, what? To the glory of God and for the good of others. You see, we all have an assignment in the kingdom. You see, do your job. In fact, say it with me. Do your job. And here's your first takeaway. Do your job because you have an equal opportunity. It says right here in verse 14, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents. To another two. To another one, one. To each according to his ability. And then he went away. Notice it says, for it. What is it? He's speaking about the kingdom of heaven. You know, in the Bible, the, this, this, the concept of the kingdom of heaven is simply this. It's it's what God is doing in the unseen world that impacts the seen world. God is building his kingdom. He says, for it will be like. And don't you realize that if you're a, a child of God, if you've trusted Christ, then you are in the kingdom. And he's, And he says this, that there's really a couple different characters in this. The first is the master. Who's the master? That is Jesus. And and it says that he has these stewards. And what is a steward? A steward, uh, the actual Greek word there is the word doulos, which means bond, servant, or slave. Don't you realize that whenever you trust in Christ as your Savior, that he owns 100% of you. He owns every breath, He owns every dollar. He owns everything about you. And it says, so this master, Jesus, is going away and that he is entrusting these stewards with his property. And it was was the idea of talents. Now, talents back in this time was no question about it. It was money. In fact, a talent was a large sum of money. One single talent equaled 20 years of wages. And so it says that he gave to this one man, he gave five talents. I mean, that's like a hundred years of labor. He gave to another man, he gave two talents, which was like 40 years, and he gave to one guy, he gave one talent, it was like 20 years of labor. You know, First Chronicles twenty nine twelve says this, Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand... It is to make great and to give strength to all. You see, I want you to notice something. God is an equal opportunity employer. Like God has given every single one of us opportunities with our ability. See, your talents aren't just money. I mean, money is what's being talked about here. But there's but he's talking about your capacities, your gifts, your abilities, all those things he's put into you. And notice something, that, that talents are distributed to all. You see, he has placed into you some treasure. When God made you, he put some valuable things in you, some things that are only found just in you, by the way. In fact, what you should say is just out loud with me is this. Say, I'm gifted. Just just say that. Say, I am gifted. Here's why some of you need to realize, because some of you don't believe that about yourself. So you, you have been entrusted. You've been distributed a talent. But notice this. He discriminates the amounts. Uh, there was one guy he gave five talents to. He gave 100 years of, of, of income to. Him. There's one guy who gave 40 years. There's one guy he gave 20 years. Notice this. It, it's, it's not about the amount. It's about the fact that you were given something. I mean, let's just be honest. We all are not the same in life. We've all come from different places. We were all not given the same opportunities. It's just the truth. Um, some of us came from wealth and some of us came from poverty. Some of us were born really healthy from our mind to our bodies. And there's been some folks that, man, they've been born and, and they've experienced handicaps. You realize that there's some who have been born into stable homes. And I mean, you had just a great home life. And there were some of you that grew up in some of the most unstable homes. There's some people, let's just be honest, they're smarter than we are. I mean, I know plenty of people who are smarter than me, right? There's some people who were born a little more simple. Hey, man, there's some people who are shorter. There's some people who are taller. There's some of you people who I covet that have hair, and there's others like me that are really beautiful because our whole head just sort of adorns the world, right? But you see, here's the thing. It's not about the, the, that we all get the same. But, it, the, but the thing is this, it's that we were given the same opportunity with those abilities. You know, sometimes people argue, So I just just can't understand why God didn't make me uh, like this or why God didn't bless me with that. You know what I've come to realize? God is so gracious in the way that He hands out these talents to us because He knows this, that based on our abilities, that if we got too much of something or, or even too little in some cases, it would destroy us. There's some of you who think, well, if I just had more money, all of my life would be solved. All the problems of my life would be solved. And the truth of the matter is this. The reason you've not been given more money is because God loves you so much and He knows that would probably destroy you. You see, the, the amounts, all the amounts are significant because this, no matter whether it was the five talent or the two talent or the one talent, they were all given by Jesus, all given by the Master to you. You know, the departed Rush Limbaugh, who had, for so many years was... Uh, on the radios. He was a voice of the conservative movement. He used to, at the EIB network, the Excellence in Broadcasting Network, as he would say, he used to always say this when he would sign on. He'd go, with talent on loan from God. You know what? There's, that's an, a true statement. Everything about you that you have is on loan from God. And here's the, the reality. Some of us need to quit thinking, you know, my, my, my role in the kingdom is insignificant. There are no insignificant assignments in the kingdom. Whether you have the five talents, whether you have the two talents, whether you have the one talent ability, don't you understand, you have the equal opportunity to use that just as these men did. You know, I, I was a, a pretty mediocre athlete on my high school football team because I happened to be a part of a, of a class back in the early 90s, that of the 22 guys that started, like 13 or 14 of them went to Division I schools. And I'll never forget my coach, uh, Richard Martin. He's with the Lord now. Coach Martin used to say, Seegers, if I can put your heart in one of these big bodies, man, we we can win a state championship. But you know what I did, did realize? That while I did play some, my role on the team was something altogether different. See, my talent was different. I had a coach, a head coach who um, I thought was probably pretty far from God, and so I began to to pray for him weekly. I began to send him letters, and uh, I remember that in my senior year, he always wanted me to ride with him. I felt like I next to him in the bus. I kind of felt like I was like his lucky rabbit's foot or something like that. I don't know, but 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 I was able to impact that team in a whole different way. And in fact, I remember whenever Coach Outlaw, that was his name, when he actually told that story about me. You see, it, it, it's it's about not the amount that you have. It's about the opportunity and what you do with your abilities. So we got to do our job. In fact, say it with me. We have to do our job. You got to do your job because you have an equal opportunity. God has given you an equal opportunity to use your abilities for his glory and for the good of others. But notice the second thing because you have a personal responsibility. So you have an equal opportunity with your abilities, but you also have a personal responsibility to use your abilities. Notice what it says. It says, and he who received the five talents went at once. you got to underline that. And he traded with them, and he made five more talents. And so also he who had two talents made two more talents. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. You see, it is not about the same return. It is about the same response. Everyone has an opportunity where you can demonstrate responsibility uh, responsibility for your ability. God has given you some talents. And, And here's what you need to know. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Amount is irrelevant. You see, little tales tell a lot. It's what you do with what you have. It's not what you have. There are, there are five talent people in this world. There are two talent people in this world. There are one talent people in the world, and that is not an excuse not to do something. It, I love the response of these men because they understood that they, they had a stewardship. And these first two servants, it says that at once, at once, immediately and eagerly, they put their talents together to work regardless of their ability level. You see, as we're getting ready for a new church here, I'll just say this. We have needs and opportunities for you to put your ability into play in the family, and you are responsible for that. You know, there's no telling what the church of the Lord Jesus Christ could accomplish if everyone would, would seize the opportunity and take responsibility for their ability. I, I'm telling you, it would revolutionize the world. And, and the truth of the matter is this. It says they went to work. They gave a hundred percent effort. And notice this. When they gave a hundred percent effort, They received a hundred percent reward. You know why I really think that is? It's because in our service we find significance. Like these men put put to work the master's talent. By the way, on loan from God to you, and they put that out there, and they found significance in serving their master. Some of us work hard all the time doing all different kinds of things, and the truth of the matter is this. We're pretty unfulfilled. You know why? Because our lives lack the significance of serving the Master. Notice the second thing for taking notes. Mount's irrelevant, but ambition is expected. You see, Jesus expects us to give some effort. You know, I'm blown away sometimes that, that believers believe that, you know, man, well, you know, God, it's just all going to come to me. It's just all going to. No, these these laborers, these stewards had to do some work. They had to exert some energy. But it's amazing whenever they did that, the return they got. Can I ask you this question? Is God getting a good return on investment from you? Some of you know about the ROI. You know, maybe you you have assets that you have maybe in a 401k or your kid's, uh, you know, education fund, whatever that may be. And there's what's called the ROI, the return on investment. When I put this in, I get this out. Can I ask you this question? Is God getting a good ROI on you? Like, are you leveraging the abilities and the opportunity with responsibility? I mean, that's significant. Notice this. Attitude is everything. They went immediately. They went immediately, and they went and did these things, except for that one guy that one guy who had the one talent, that the, the, the least of the ability, what did he do? He went and dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his talent. You know, when I was growing up, I'm, I'm so grateful that I had a father who demonstrated for me the heart of the Father, the Heavenly Father. And I'll just say this, I've kind of always been driven. I've kind of been an overachiever in a lot of ways. I didn't make a lot of bad grades growing up. But I remember when I was at Baylor University, and I had to take two classes that I got two C's in eventually. Uh, One was sociology, which was basically just, you know, the study of people or whatever. And I'm just telling you, I did horrible. Got like a 40 on my first test. Grateful that the guy graded on improvement. Got out of there with a C psychology. You also got to see in psychology cuz basically that's just man's way of trying to explain away why man does what man does. And that class didn't really interest me that much. And I remember though during that time I was so disheartened cuz I mean I just was like, man, I I've never struggled like this before. And I remember my dad, he said this. You just do your best. You just do your best. Do your best. And he he told me, he said, "Son," he said, um, I'm gonna love you no matter what. Um, I want you to understand you're gonna end up in life exactly where you need to be. Okay, God will put you there because He knows what kind of grades you need. And He said, "You just do your best." And I want you to know when I got to the end of that semester because I worked so hard for both of those C's. Those C's felt far better than those A's. You know, you know why? Because I had I had to exert such effort into that. But here's what I knew. And I was showing that report card to my dad. My father was proud of those C's as he ever was those A's. You see, if you love God, right, it motivates this whole thing. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 through 2 says this, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of a steward that they be found trustworthy. Trustworthy. You see, there is nothing more sad than wasted ability. There's nothing more sad whenever we spend our days and our time thinking about how we can promote ourselves and even some of our loved ones, and we don't do our job because God has poured some things into you that He wants out from you in the context of His kingdom. You see, do your job. Why? Well, here's this last takeaway. Because you have a divine accountability. So understand, you have equal opportunity. You have a personal responsibility. But make no mistake about it, there is a divine accountability that is coming. In fact, notice what it says in verse 19. It says, and now after a long time, the master of those servants came, and he settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five more. And the master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. And he also, who had two talents, came forward saying, Master, You delivered me two talents. Here I have made two more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. You see, uh, we have this divine accountability over us. Like when God saved you, the Scripture is very, very clear that He saved you so that you could do some works. Now, it's not works that get you into heaven, but He he created you so that you would do good works. And don't you realize that there will be a reckoning? There will be a reckoning. There will be a reckoning for believers and for unbelievers. And so just know this, Jesus expects your best effort. He expects your best effort. He, he looks at them, and he, he, he talks to these faithful servants who, by the way, while the master was away, they were focused on what the master had given them because they were excited about the master. They wanted to seek the master's approval, and they they put the emphasis on the master's um, uh, the gifts multiplying, and they didn't put the focus on themselves. They didn't say, well, you know, I I, I just just feel like I got a raw deal. I don't feel like I was given enough. I just feel like if I'd have had this other resource, I've been given this other advantage. No, they took what had been given to them, one with the five, one with the two, and they went out and they multiplied that. And here's what's amazing. The master comes back, and what does he say? He says, well done. He doesn't tell the guy who made five, which I mean, come on. I mean, a talent was 20 years of service. This guy had 100 years of wages, and he doubled that. That's 200 years of wages. I mean, that's like three lifetimes. I mean, you would think the master would think, oh, you, you did so much better. No, he equally rewarded both s- servants. Do you catch that? He says them the exact same thing, and he blesses them what? With more service. See, when you can be trusted with a little, God will give you more. Some of us, the reason that we, our lives are small is because here's why. We've never trusted him with our abilities. We've never stewarded our abilities, understand we have equal opportunity, understand we have a personal responsibility, not even thinking about the divine accountability. We've not stewarded those things so that what? They may increase. It'd be amazing how maybe if some of us are stuck in our income. Maybe if we would start being faithful with what we have, guess what? Maybe God would bless you with more. Maybe if you'd be faithful at this one post in ministry, God would bless you with something even greater. you know, I think that happens with churches that's one reason why I hope and pray that this church will always be a church that will try to steward what we have and not just hold what we get and bury it and put it in the ground. Um, I think there are some churches that one of the reasons we see in America today churches have flattened they 've plateaued they 've declined it's because instead of releasing the people, instead of releasing the resources to bless the nations, instead of using what God has given us, they hold it because they're afraid that if they if they don't hold on to it, then somehow they're they're going to miss out. They're not going to have enough. You know, Sir Richard Branson, the billionaire um, guy's done, all, he created Virgin uh, Records and then an, air, uh, an airline and But most recently, he took a group of people. He was one of the first one of these privateers to take people out of space. And I've always been fascinated with this man uh, because one of the very first things I ever saw him do was he was actually in a hot air balloon, and he had a ladder that went to the top of the hot air balloon. He had like a tea party with a friend on top of this hot air balloon. And I always just thought, this guy is crazy. And, And the thing about this man is this. He's a great adventurer he he is very benevolent, but he's, he's not a Christ follower. And Richard Branson was talking about risk one time. And he said this, I try to protect the downside. I make sure I've covered as many eventualities as I can. In the end, you have to take calculated risks. Otherwise, you're going to sit in mothballs all day and do nothing. And you know, I, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about how most believers live, how most churches respond. We so many times, uh, I mean, when you describe churches, we're usually the last to adopt technology. We're usually sometimes the last ones to get in on the conversation. You know why? Because most of us, we we waste the ability that God has given us. And people like Richard Branson are taking risks and they're moving the world further and it's ahead. And it's like, why are, why are we not experiencing this in the church? And can I say this? Why would we not risk what we've been given? Because you don't understand something. None of it's yours. None of it's yours. Like all of your talent, all that you have is on loan from the master. It's all his. And so we we should risk greatly. And you know, by the way, just a little side note, whatever was faith for you last year will not be faith for you this year. You do realize that? And stewards... They take those abilities, knowing they have equal opportunity, knowing they have a personal responsibility, knowing there's going to be divine accountability. They always are leveraging up. And here's the question you have to ask yourself. What is faith going to look like for me this year? Because when those stewards then were handed more talents again, you know what the the master probably expected? That they would leverage those for even greater gain. You see, but notice this this second guy, this this, this third of these three men, the one-talent guy. See, Jesus expects your best effort. Um, Jesus does not want your best excuse. In fact, excuses are intolerable in the kingdom with respect to your abilities. He goes on, he says in verse 24, he also who had one, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you were to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you had not scattered seed. I mean, that's kind of insulting right there. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But the master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. At my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For everyone who, who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. You see, with this faithless servant, you got to notice he brought an excuse to this master, and, and, and frankly, it's, it's pretty offensive. And this 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 master who had entrusted this man with twenty years of wages, with all of this act, this all of this ability, all of this capacity, he he says to him, "You're a hard man." You know, I don't care what kind of limited ability you think you have. Don't you understand? There is a divine accountability coming upon you because you are going to have to be responsible for what He has given to you. Some people may never stand up on stages and sing songs. Some people may never stand up on stages and preach. Um, some people may never lead um, a classroom of people. Some people, but you know what? Everybody has an ability. Everybody has this capacity and, and and the master wants a return. And don't you realize, I mean, you can hold a door, you can greet somebody, you 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 can be a part of what the master is about. And yet he says, he gives an excuse, he he insults the master, he says, I know you're a hard man. And that word hardened, it means this, it's like hardened arteries. And he attacks the very character of this of this this master. And don't you realize, the, the the master even says in the text, he says, you could have at least put it in the bank. Back in this particular time, uh, you could put money in the bank and you could annually draw between five and six percent. Now, if we could do that today, that'd be pretty amazing, right? I mean, you put your money in there and you get five or six percent, that would be incredible. And, and this guy was so slothful and so lazy, And cared so little bit about the master, about the kingdom, and the master's uh, talents that uh, he did nothing. You see, he condemned him uh, not for using the responsibility to take the opportunity uh, for to use his ability. Um, Can I just ask you this question? Does does that describe you? Does that describe you? Because. I really do think that as I I speak, there's really a couple different kinds of people that are listening out there. There's some of you that you listen from all across the country and around the world. So I just want to say this. Hey, wherever you're at, try to find a local faith family to plug into. Okay? Fair enough. But there's others of you that perhaps you're even here in the Metroplex, and there's nothing that prevents you from coming here, except maybe you don't want to have to be accountable for the abilities that God has given you. And I want you to understand, no matter what, you're going to be responsible for that. And I also think there's some people that perhaps as they get older, and maybe they served in church, they say things like this. They say, well, you know, I did my time. You know, I used to serve. I used to do this. You know, prisoners do time. You're a steward who gets to leverage your abilities, right, and take responsibility Because there's a divine accountability coming upon you. Do you realize when you get to uh, heaven, you and I are going to have to give an account for what we did with what we were given? But you know, there's a bigger problem here in this text because in verse 30, it says this. It says, And cast the worthless servant into utter darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, the reason why that servant ultimately is cast in the place of darkness is this, because he wasn't really a servant of the master. He didn't love the master. He didn't love the kingdom. He didn't have a heart for the master. And the reason some of us don't serve is because we don't know Christ. And until you know Christ, you will never be able to serve. You'll never want to serve in his kingdom. Friend, if you don't know what it means to have a relationship with Christ, can I just encourage you to do this? If you'll send us an email at info at fbw.church, we'd love to help you figure that out. If you're online and you're where you can engage with one of our online platforms or Facebook, love for you to ask a question. One of our folks there would be glad to help you because we want to connect you to Christ. But here's what I think. I think that a lot of us really under undersell ourselves. Because the truth of the matter, um, there are some five talent people in this world. They do some really great big things. For God, and you know, we think, well, if I can't be a five-talent person, then I don't even want to be a part of it. And friend, that that's you that's not even in the realm of possibility of thinking if you're a Christ follower. And and there's there are some five-talent people, there's some two-talent people. But you know, I think there's a lot more people like me and you, they're probably just one talent people. And you realize that it's the one-talent people that build the church. Because there's so many more one-talent people than there are all these others. Friend, I want to encourage you to be faithful with the ability that God has given to you, knowing that you have an equal opportunity and a personal responsibility because there will be a divine accountability at the end of our days. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for your great love for us. I pray, God, that in these days we would utilize the abilities you have given us, that you may receive glory from them and that the good of all men would benefit. God, we thank you, we love you. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Till next time.